Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 58. Skill topic for this week is sea rafting, also known as crafting. And, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to reach the end of our skills, so we're, we're digging deep. Just, uh, oh just no, saying. crafting! Crafting is definitely not digging deep. I mean, wh- I mean, what skill class is crafting? It's got to be up there. It's, it's it's one popsicle stick. Yeah, one 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 popsicle stick. That yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, um, because it's it's you know the bar to entry is pretty low. I decided I'm going to go first this this time for the history and fun facts, and I did a lot of research on sea rafting and. Let me tell you something. Rafts were invented a century before the trips were undertaken. Uh, in the early 1840s, the rubber raft was initially used for transportation of people and goods. Uh, first made popular by uh, Lieutenant John Fremont and Horace Day. So um, they were they were invented to use uh, for surveying the Rocky Mountains and the Great Plains. Uh, so that was uh, that was the first fun fact I found. And then. Also into the foray was uh, John D. Rockefeller unsuccessfully tried to introduce rafting, and uh, it, it didn't go so well for him uh, in 1956. He tried it in the Grand Teton National Park. So mm. um, whitewater rafting uh, was popularized in the 1970s, um, and it was also uh, shortly thereafter adopted into the Olympic, Olympic Games. So, um, and now it's, it's an Olympic sport. How do you create rafting at the Olympics? Just anywhere. So you have to have a rafting venue now. Right, right. Well, it doesn't say specifically sea rafting. It's so I'm guessing like river rafting is probably the same. It's it's just like any kind of any kind of rafting. I don't know how they create it. Like it says here that uh, in um, they use the OC River in Tennessee for the 1996 Atlanta games and Atlanta is not in Tennessee so I don't know how that ex- that works but that's uh that was that was how they did it but that's all the research I did on sea rafting well, that's that's pretty good I like that this is unfortunate though I I did a lot of research on crafting I must I must have misunderstood the assignment oh yeah it's definitely sea rafting I mean that's what I did all my I, research on yeah guess well, I'll guess I'll delete that information yeah, it's it's not unusual for you to get something wrong, Tom. Right. Yeah. Sorry, uh, guys. Let you down. Well, well. Speaking of which, Tom, what what did you find? Oh, fun facts on popsicle sticks. Are you ready for this? Yeah. 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 I'm a very fast researcher. You could build a raft out of popsicle sticks. A very tiny one. Do you know? Uh, do you know who Frank Epperson is? Of course you do. He was the 11 year old boy that invented the popsicle stick in 1905. My great-grandmother was one years old during that year. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Epperson was mixing powdered soda pop soda pop, and water on his porch and accidentally left the mixture on the, pow- on the porch overnight. The next morning, he discovered the mixture frozen around it, uh, around its stirring stick. Sorry, I can't read. Uh, he pulled out the frozen mass and quickly discovered that he had created a new kind of treat. He called it the Epperson icicle clearly he didn't um he didn't spend a lot of time on that name there he, he wasn't a marketing expert but he was too young he was too young to patent it and then his his pop actually patented it probably yeah yes. well that's 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 oh 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 there's an update no i'm sorry there's an update in 1924 when he was 30 years old 
Epperson renamed his discovery to be Popsicle. Maybe he pronounced it Pop-icicle? It doesn't say that. It just says Popsicle. To show that they were made from soda pop. Oh, interesting. I, I looked the research up prior to this. I, I did not read the research prior to this. So we're discovering this together. This is fun, isn't it? Here we go. Well, is is he the guy that, that, that makes the, uh, the EpiPens that we use today? I think it's the same guy. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like it. Or maybe a relative. I mean, the name sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, it might be Joe Epperson or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, This is totally random fact. Today, the most popular flavor is cherry. Like, who figured that out? I don't think that's true. Uh, Popsicle ice pops were originally marketed as a frozen drink on a stick. Man, we've come a long way. (laughs) Hey, would you like a frozen drink on a stick? Yeah. Drink on a stick. Wait, is this true? Popsicle sticks are made from birch wood? I don't know. It seems believable. Do you do you know any yeah, birches? You think? I don't either. Tanda, I know I know a few birches. Yeah, I grew up with a couple of birches. I mean, I I would occasionally there was birch birch beer. I haven't seen them in years. It's possible possible that they were made into popsicle sticks. Birch beer is is more like root beer, though. This this last fact makes me think that this website might be a little out of date. It says branching out from its humble roots, there are more than twenty five variations of popsicles today. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. that's 100% yeah. accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it is accurate. It is a timeless fact. There, there, there are more than 25, yeah. And then it poses a question at the end, like any good blog post. What is your favorite ice pop flavor? Chocolate. Oh, we made some, we made some hideous ones when I was a kid. Chocolate? That's not a popsicle flavor. It is so. That's ice cream on a stick. No, it's a popsicle. That's not a popsicle. It's not ice cream. No, you're very wrong. There are chocolate popsicles. Frank Epperson is rolling in his grave right now. He's probably rolling a popsicle stick. Anyway, that's um, my answer is chocolate. It's undisputed. Tanda, mm-hmm. what did you? What research did you do on um, crafting? Well, the research I did on crafting was because uh, I didn't know. I, I didn't know which way this was going to go. So the research I did on crafting was on how could we take modern things and do crafts with them. And so I was trying to think of all the crafts I've done, like on my laser cutter, where I've, uh, you know, I've done leather work on my, on my laser cutter. I've cut material for sewing on my laser cutter. I've, uh, I've done all kinds of paper crafts. And so if you have a laser at um, making cards and stuff is, you know, business cards and anything out of cardstock templates is good. And there's a website and a, I don't know, kind of a, I guess it's more than a website. It's also kind of a whole genre of, of building things with uh, Pepecura, which is a utility that you can find online. And it basically has all sorts of things that are folded out of cardstock or kind of heavy paper. But with a laser, you can turn those into, you know, helmets and shields and, and masks of, you know, characters and all kinds of cool stuff. And then I got to thinking about uh, using a CNC to do crafts and actually found some people who were doing string art with CNCs, which was kind of cool, where they're basically loading it up with a spool of thread or string. And then one even used the CNC, built a CNC to drill holes in the edge of a round fixture. And then he pushed nails into the hole that the CNC had just drilled. And then the CNC with a spool of string ran around the fixture making string art, but he had gone so far as to take images and have them converted into 
how they would look with string art. And so you look at it and it looks like a face. It looks like Einstein or it looks like, so that was, that was some cool stuff. And then I, then I got to looking for and pondering what you could do with a 3d printer by just sending it G code and having it extrude filament and then make, you know, you know, like those rat's nests you sometimes make by accident. Mm -hmm. Could you make 3d objects like that on purpose where you like lift the print head and go up and over things and spin around. And so I kind of went down that rabbit hole for a while. And then I got to thinking about the fact that it could be sea rafting. And, and did you know that there were like people that they just called the sea people, like the ancient Assyrians and the ancient Egyptians were just decimated by people that they just referred to as sea peoples. You know, there's lots of speculation about who they were or where they came from, from, you know, whether they were like ancient aliens sorts of things, or more likely they were people that just were pushed out of their lands by drought and climate change of the day. And they just sailed into the Mediterranean, into kind of that, you know, fertile crescent area and just poured out of boats and decimated, you know, large sections of the ancient world at the end of the Bronze Age. But they were using, uh, like, blown-up sheep bladders and stuff to make their seagoing rafts, as well as traditional really? ship, ships and boats and stuff. But uh, there were there were river crossings that were done with the flotation being blown-up sheep bladders. So that, that's an interesting sea raft. So I thought I'd I thought I'd hit both. That's um I've never heard of that before, but I'm assuming that the sea people are just Europeans. There there's lots of depictions of them in like low relief and they look like what I would picture like a Mayan or something. They've got like kind of feathered headdress and stuff, but who knows where they were from. And they were like mixes of people. They weren't all depicted as just like one you know type of person. Mm -hmm. So they were probably just hordes of people that were being pushed out of wherever they came from. And then just, you know, at the end of the Bronze Age, kind of came in and decimated cities and then disappeared themselves for the most part. So, you know, I thought that was interesting. It sounds made up. <laughs> it sound, maybe it sounds too yeah. made up because Tom's not even Googling it. He's just sitting there staring at me. <laughs> With this blank look on his face, but he may also be choking on one of his snacks. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, it's kind of the same that, look. Same look. That's the thing that that crossed the threshold of made up or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Tom's still hungover from his sister's wedding, so we gotta get him a little break. That was days ago. I'm gonna take a nap, guys. All right. Tom's taking a nap. We're we're gonna go to Dealer's Corner. You've just entered the Dealer's Corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. So, I don't know what happened this week, but deals were literally falling out of the sky. I'm going to have to divide this up into two weeks. But the deal I've got for you today is called the 19-Minute Holiday Special. I caught this listing on Facebook Marketplace after it was posted for 19 minutes. This guy named Derek had posted a single picture, a bad picture, and just put Belt Sander as the title. I immediately recognize it as a 6x48 Delta Belt Sander. And though it was in rough condition, it looked like it was still a good deal at 50 bucks. He also had in a separate post a 1935 Delta Bench Top drill press for 100 bucks. 
uh, that had a bunch of extra stuff with it. So I engaged him about the sander and uh, made, made a time to come pick it up that day because I didn't want anybody else to get in his head. You know, I wanted to grab it. And a few hours later, uh, I got to his place and I was talking to him, uh, you know, about the sander. The sander was in rough shape, didn't even have a switch. You just plugged in the cord and it turned on. Like it was that, it was that kind of thing. <laughs> it was missing parts and stuff, but you know, still 50 bucks is 50 bucks. And then I mentioned to him that I had seen the drill press for sale and we walked over and we looked at it and the drill press is black. And I'm like, it kind of looks like it was set on fire. <laughs> And he's laughing with me and everything. And and I said, I said, yeah, man, this is kind of nice. But I said, I I can't do $100 on these things. I said, I normally pick these up for like 50 bucks. And then I just started to walk away from it back towards the sander. And he was just kind of like looking back and forth. He's like, oh, oh, you you, you want it for 50 bucks? You could have it for 50 bucks. (laughs) So in addition to that. The offer and walk technique. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is is my... um, that is my specialty. The drill press had a bunch of extra stuff with it. It had like a two foot square, I want to say like half inch steel plate screwed to the table uh, because uh, he said that this stuff came from his father-in-law who'd passed away and his father-in-law came from Hungary. He was Hungarian and he was a machinist. So on top of the steel plate, there was a cast iron I don't know how to say this, like a three-pointed, like the base had three points of contact. What I'm guessing is a machinist surface plate. It's very small. It's it's like maybe, I don't know, like eight by six. And then on top of that was a machinist-made clamp, like a vice, but it was really weird. Like if it didn't have like a handle to tighten it, if you flipped it over, it had like little scallops cut out. Mm-hmm. In the underside, Tanda's shaking her head like she knows what I'm talking about. I guess this is a common machinist thing. I've never seen it before. Yeah, there's a little there's a little um, cylindrical nut that goes in those, and then you yeah. pull the movable jaw forward with it, and you can kind of set it to each of those different scallops roughly, yeah. and then tighten it yeah. down more. Yeah. So I got that, and then the entire drill press was sitting on top of what I later discovered is a Craftsman Universal tool table. And if you look at it at first glance, it actually looks like one of those gas-powered Maytag washing machines. It's got that same sort of like Art Deco-y style to it. Uh, But apparently Craftsman at one point was just throwing machines on. Didn't matter if they fit or not, this was the table that got used. Uh, So I got that too, all for a hundred bucks. And uh, he was like about an hour of drive to get to him cool dude he had i walked right in and he had a uh a cadet and cub cadet international tractor that he was rebuilding Mm -hmm. and like so that was the first thing i saw and i said i said oh are you are you rebuilding this to use he goes oh i got five tractors and i said do you do you have five tractors because you use five tractors or you got a collection he goes no i got a problem i got i I need to make room that's why i'm selling these tools (laughs) (laughs) and an international cub was the first motor vehicle i ever drove Hey, there we go. Yeah. Nice tie-in. So that was it. That's my stories. Those are my deals. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. All right, it's time for personal history. Tom's giving me the eye. Tom, what's your personal history with crafting? I think this is going to be one of those things where 
I'm not going to remember any of my personal history until Tanda starts talking. And then I chime in a hundred times. I don't know. We always did crafts. It was the 80s and 90s. We didn't have TV. Well, we had TV. We didn't have video games. Yeah. Well, we had video games. Um, I don't know why we ever did crafts. I really don't. Um, we had video games and stuff. But my mom was always handy like that. Like, she used to... Even our birthday parties were, like, we were throwing little, like, wooden blocks into cupcake trays and stuff. Like, that's that's the world I grew up in. Well, that was a game. Not, not... We weren't eating the... Never mind. So... Oh, but if you put a stick in them and pour epoxy over them... It's a... Uh, you can Alphabet make bat popsicle. Yeah. Muffin sickles. Yeah. I think that's right. It doesn't sound right. Um, we always did that kind of, st- huh? It doesn't sound right. No, it wouldn't. But I don't remember. I don't remember like specific things about crafting, uh, that we did. So I gotta, I gotta cut it off there until Tanda starts talking. Then I remember everything. Tanda, do you have access to Tom's memories? Yeah, I, I, I jog them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, then I just start talking. It's it's how I it's how I actually fill my time in personal history is is just jogging Tom's memory, and then I get a little help from Tom. So we make a good team. He helped you a bunch last week. Last week he did your 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 history and fun facts. Like he was, um, I mean that Tom. Uh, can you also thank your? You haven't seen you haven't seen my PayPal account. That that. That cost me a small fortune, actually. Tom, can you thank your brother for filling in for you last week? We really appreciate it. Sure that. thing. I'll let him know. I mean, uh, mm, that was me. Yes. Yes. Okay. Tanda, what's your what's your personal history with crafting? I suppose I did, you know, typical crafts in school. I mean, there were always kind of these artsy craftsy things that that you do to occupy kids. In fact, in second grade. The only thing I really remember of second grade was, you know, my teacher and like making macaroni art and stained windows out of torn up construction paper, making collages out of beans and so forth. Like we brought in all kinds of like dried beans and macaroni and any little objects that you were allowed to bring from home. And I'm sure she supplemented it. And then just gluing them onto boards or things to make designs. So there was usually that sort of thing. I can remember making recipe holders where you brought in a uh, like a cap from a can of shaving cream or hairspray, and you put a fork in it and some and some plastic flowers, and then you poured plaster of Paris in it with the fork sticking out, and that was a recipe holder. And the funniest thing about that is we wrote out the recipes ourselves. You've got a question, PJ, probably about the recipes. I, I just now realized exactly how much food-related stuff is centered around crafting. Like, there's there's a lot of, like, beans, macaroni, recipe holders. Like, I don't, what, I don't, I've never thought about it before. Why is crafting centered around food items? That's a, that's a weird happenstance. Well, m- maybe it's because the, the ancient histories of these crafts you know, they were actually usable utilitarian things where you were making baskets or you had dried beans around and you, you gave some to the kids to occupy them while you were making dinner or something. Possibly. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I just, I remember finding my recipe years later and it was really funny because it definitely was telling on a kid's perspective of things 
because my recipe, and we wrote them out ourselves without help. It was just like, you know, don't get this from your mom or whatever. Just write out your recipe to put in the holder to give to your mom for Mother's Day or whatever. And my recipe was for chocolate chip cookies. And it was something along the lines of mix batter, chocolate chips, put in oven, wait four hours. <laughs> and I'm sure that that's what it seemed like to me at the time. You know, it was like that you, you, you just mix up some simple things. I don't know what goes into it, but you I know you stir in the chocolate chips, and then it takes forever before you can have chocolate chip cookies. And that's just kind of how I picture my little brain working when I found that recipe years later. Four hours later, you get charcoal briquette circles. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 totally unrealistic. But uh, I thought it was funny because it was like, man, I must have been really anxious for chocolate chip cookies when I was a kid. But we always did. I mean, my grandmother crocheted all the time, and and I can remember doing a little bit of that, and certainly sewing. And I never really liked to mend things or sew practical things, but I can remember making juggling bags and hacky sacks and little flexible frisbees with uh, curtain weights in the in the outside that you could fold them up, but then fling them and they'd still fly. And so I. It, I was always doing something that might be considered crafting, I guess. And even today with doing things for my daughter's weddings or whatever, I think that, you know, making cards and things would be considered crafting. Mm. So it's kind of broad. I mean, and if you think about arts and crafts, the division between what people call art and what they call crafts is usually fairly stark, but yet we often use the term arts and crafts just interchangeably and there's quite a blurry line in between i mean i mean the line to me is that um arts are good and crafts aren't that's that's basically where it is well i I did i did a little bit of that in my research and i think that it was kind of my takeaway just reading a bunch of people's different arguments you know along those lines was that arts evoke emotion and crafts are you know more utilitarian there's not you know, you don't do crafts that evoke emotion. So that kind of tie, is a tie back to last week's mm. episode. Very true. Very, we should also point out that uh, this was recommended by last week's guest. So everyone can blame my brother if you don't like this episode. This is all his fault. Well, and if it goes sideways, he did actually say macrame. And, and we kind of expanded from there. But Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But I, I, I've done macrame. It's... It's really interesting, the first, like, set of knots down the first hanging plant holder or whatever you make, and then it kind of starts becoming the same. I, I haven't done that. So I, I can't comment on it. What have you done, what, what? Yeah, what's your history with crafting? You seem pretty crafty. <sighs> you know, yeah, I, I run, it's crafty. the irony. The irony is I am rather crafty, but yet at the same time not crafterly. I, I don't know. I was thinking about the first crafts that I could remember, and I think it was like first or second grade. And, you know, you're around those low tables with all the other kids, and they've got like a like a yogurt container full of paste glue, and, you know, everybody's got like a jumbo popsicle stick, and, you know, you're slopping the paste on. And the thing I remember is there was people like eating the paste, and I'm sitting there looking at these guys, and I'm like, "What the f- is wrong with you?" You know, I, I, that's what I was thinking at like four years old. I'm like, what "The f- is wrong with you people?" I never ate paste. 
Never. Like it was I, like, and I still don't have a desire to eat it. Well, that's what's wrong with you. Yeah, not enough paste <laughs> in my diet for sure. So thinking about, I think there's a bird loose in Tom's shop. Are you Think, okay, man? Speaking of paste, and, paste and popsicles. <laughs> no, I was just looking for something to do. Sorry, continue. The the a, uh, Tupperware sold a set of uh, Tupperware products that you could make your own popsicles with. Mm-hmm. I don't, do you yeah. guys remember those? We had them. And it had like the little popsicle shaped thing. And then yep. it had like a little, looked like a little pacifier. Yep. Yep. But with a, a little plastic tab with holes in it that you clapped on the top, which looked a lot like the top of a thing of paste, now that I think about it. And we made all kinds of really crazy things, like pickle sickles, where we just poured pickle juice in and froze it. Ugh. And and you didn't know if you were getting a dill pickle sickle or a sweet pickle sickle. I think you lose on both accounts, but uh, we, we had those at my house, and I don't remember exactly what happened to them. But at some point, we went from the Tupperware things that you're talking about to saran wrap and toothpicks on regular ice cubes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did that, that as well. Yeah, that was like, I don't know, I don't know why, but that we ended up with cube cubesicles. I don't know what you would call well, those. Well, probably because you could put in an ice tray and get, you know, like a good 12 or 14 little popsicles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with the Tupperware thing, you know, we had like, I think we had two sets of six, maybe. Um, and that may have been because my friend brought over her set of six and used my set of six. Mm. But you could make a lot of them just using ice trays. Yeah. Yeah. That, there was that. I, I don't know. Moving on, like further as I got older, I remember doing the origami, the swans. I always thought they were dragons, but I was informed later that they're swans. So I knew how to do that. And that is technically a craft, you know, a, a paper folding craft. I was I was decent at that. Do you mean cranes? Do you mean they were cranes? They're dragons, okay? They're dragons. They weren't swans. They weren't dragons. It's a paper crane. Fine, it's a crane. But you know what? <laughs> I think if you go back to our rigging episode, you'll find that cranes are something completely different. So just just saying, just saying. But I, I did. Don't make a crane out of paper. Got yeah, it. it's not going to hold very much. I, I made, there was a bunch of those other, like, the things that where you'd like the, the selector, like the four, the fourfold finger selector mm, that you would mm-hmm. fold up to get, like, you know, what number do you pick? Okay, and then you would, you would move the thing back and forth, and then you'd open it up and find out, oh, you're going to have a hamburger for yeah. lunch or whatever it said, you know. Yeah, I haven't thought of that in years. So, I mean, I did stuff like that. There was, oh, do you remember the uh, the poppers? Remember it, they were the oh, triangular? Yeah. You know, you can make, I was great at making poppers. What about the little boxes that you blow up? I never did that. I never did that. And then, and then they, and then you look through the hole and you have something written in the back of them. Those were always fun. I saw those. I never learned how to do it. I never learned how to make those. I was very good at making the poppers and I was good at, I had my, my paper airplane technique was down pat. So like, that's what I think of as far as like crafting. When I think of crafts, I, I, didn't really go beyond that. I did do sewing. Like I, I wanted to learn how to sew when I was very little, and my mom sewed things, so she taught me. And I remember when I was very little, I don't know, like say like six, I had uh, a stuffed animal that was a bunny, but it was like it was shaped like a person with a bunny head. So it wasn't like you know scrunched, scooched up like a like a regular rabbit is basically like a football with a head. This was like a person with a rabbit's head. So basically, what I'm saying is, 
he looked like he needed clothes. And so I'm like, Mom, I need to make some clothes. My, my rabbit's naked. And so then she taught me like how to do like some basic stitching. And I, I made my rabbit some clothes. And wherever that rabbit is, he probably still has a purple jumper on. Just just saying. But yeah, that's um that's I don't really remember anything else as far as like crafting things. I mean all the other stuff I did was like drawing and artwork and whatnot, which I don't put in the crafting category. Did I say that right? Crafting category. Yeah, no, you, you said crafting category. I didn't do research on crafting. I did research on categories. Okay, crafting is when you're on the farm. Categories is when you're on the cranberry farm. Two completely separate. Oh, no, you're thinking, yeah, yeah you're no, thinking know, of cal- calving. I know that. I just said I didn't do any research on it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then we, we probably should move on. I sort of did some research on calving this week because I'm going to transfer my dad's brand to my niece so she can use it. Really? Because apparently in New Mexico, you can't get brands that are like on the hips of animals anymore because they've all been used. Now, I don't know how you could like possibly use all the symbols you could use in a brand, but apparently they limit it to a certain number of symbols. And huh. and the new brands are like on the ribs or in weird spots, and then you can't sell hides of the animals because you've got a brand right out in a weird spot. Huh. So there, there's an interesting footnote. I'm, I'm going to transfer my dad's brand to my, uh, to my niece. Tanda, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent on this, but you probably should not be branding your niece. I think that's against the law. I went to high school with kids who, who had branded one another with their brand. They were awfully ornery kids. That's what I'm saying. It never ends well. Never ends well. No, no. Probably a good story much, much later. Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial energy lubes and stuff. Hello, this is Chet down at Johnson's Hardware. Are your kids making more crafts than you have room for on your refrigerator? Well, Johnson's has just a solution for you. Introducing Johnson's Fake-A-Fridge. That's right, our magnetic chic imitation fridge will fit over any door in your kitchen or house to make it look just like a fridge door. We have both split door, top bottom, and lower freezer door, all configurations necessary to make it look just like a fridge door so your kids will automatically switch to that door when your actual refrigerator is full. Now we do have a wide line of accessories from all kinds of different handles and hinge sets, as well as retro fridges and new smart fridges. This is great for kids that are used to using their Bluetooth smart television set on the refrigerator, only this one doesn't work. Now we have to warn you, fake a fridge, will not keep any food cold. So please do not throw frozen or refrigerated items into the door when using Fake a Fridge. Fake a Fridge is actually listed in our refrigerator aisle, so it's easy to get confused. Fake a Fridge starts at $19.95 and goes up to $27.95 depending on the model. You can find Fake a Fridge at patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. I I made my I made my little box. Oh, Tanda made a box. I didn't do anything. Tom's Tom's making a noose. Don't don't do that, man. Oh, look at that! She blew it up. Tom, what are you doing? 
plugging in my phone. Looks like you're trying to wrangle a cow. Okay, so it's time for crossbreeding. Tom's occupied. It's probably better to ask him. Tom, what skill goes well with crafting? I think literally every skill, because it's such a broad category. So I'm going to go with every skill goes well with crafting. You need to pick one, Tom. You know how this works. Yes, all of them. Pick one. Reading. How does reading go well with crafting? Um, you have to read instructions on the kits, the craft kits. All right, reading. all right. I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. All right, Tanda, what skill goes well with crafting? He, he took mine. Oh. <laughs> You're going to have to come up with something else, Tanda. Tom goes first. You know how it is. I, I'm going to say using scissors. Mm. Lots, of, lots of crafts use scissors. So it, all start, it all starts by learning how to use those little stubby scissors, and it just goes from there. Cutting is a skill that definitely needs to be mastered for crafting. I agree. I agree. That's, that's very true. And can, and can you think of anything better than that, PJ? Oh, yeah. I have the, the AAA skill of crafting that every child must know, which is gluing. Yeah. If you, if you don't know how to glue... Your crafting game is weak. You know, nothing's going to stick together. So you got to know like how to the glue. The glue kind of does all the work there. I agree. I agree. But if you don't know how to glue, you know, it's it's a, you know, get all over your hands, get on the rug, and your mother's mad at you, you know, it's, it's, it could be a real problem. So, and, and you can use glue in place of other craft skills. Because I know at one point when I was younger, we were crocheting... Um, snowflakes to hang on the Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and uh, I I wasn't really good at at spending the time to make a detailed snowflake. So I just crocheted one big long string, and then I bent it into a really interesting shape, and glued it like that. There you go. Yeah. So That's you can how you use do it. glue. You can use glue in place of skills when you're crafting as well. I mean, what about super glue? I mean, if you don't know how to use super glue, it might be a trip to the hospital. If, you know, gets really bad. That's so. Yeah, gluing gluing skills are real. Don't Could don't happen. discount that. Yeah, it's a good thing to know. Hey, I see something shining. Let's go get it. So, Tanda, I understand that you've got something new and shiny in the shop. I do have something new and shiny in the shop. It's not really shiny, but it's sort of shiny. And, uh, and it weighs about 106 pounds, which kind of describes Roxy. But it's not Roxy. She's not new. Uh, but she is shiny, and she does weigh about 106 pounds. But it's an anvil that I bought from Andrew. And it's got a little bit of an interesting story in that I, I got in there and I bought it. I look at the stuff he puts up on Instagram a lot. And I've uh, tried to get a few things and have been too late. So I was happy that I got it. And then he sends me a, a text, or he sends me a DM a few days later that's, that reads, and I'm just going to read it because uh, I thought it, was, uh, thought it was interesting. So I was excited to get this, this anvil, and he was arranging to get it shipped to me. And then I get this DM that says, Morning, there's been a little snafu with the shipping. I believe my hired man put the wrong label on your freight, and now I have no idea where it is. Possibly Chicago. What a mess. I'll sort this out, but wanted to give you a heads up. My apologies. 
And so I'm thinking, well, you know, it's just, it's kind of for fun and, and just learning and stuff. It's not like I like need to blacksmith something right away, but I was a little bit bummed, but I just said, no worries. And, you know, I'm, I don't get too frazzled. And so I sent back a message that just said, no worries. My, my blacksmithing endeavors are just playing. If it runs into December and, and it gets returned to you, maybe you can bring it out when you come to Santa Fe and I'll meet you there or whatever. And so he texts me back, I feel terrible. Well, then a couple mornings back, I get a call from a maker friend who lives here in Albuquerque. Um, so shout out to Danny at Metal Stamp Addicts. And he's, he calls me and he's like, this is Danny. And I'm like, oh, what's, what's up? Uh, doesn't Hasn't ever called me before. We've talked at the makerspace a number of times. And he's like, uh, yeah, I, I have to confess, I have your anvil. It's here in my car. I went to pick some stuff up from Andrew and he hadn't shipped your anvil yet. So I just picked it up and brought it with me. And we thought it would be funny <laughs> to just tell you that it got shipped to Chicago. And so I kind of ru- I kind of ruined their fun by just being like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. So then after Danny called me, I thought, well, I should at least send something back to Andrew. So I sent this message back to Andrew. Got anxious and decided to use my Thanksgiving break to drive out and intercept it in Chicago. <laughs> do, do you have the address it shipped to? <laughs> And I, I, I couldn't just leave that hanging out there because it was Thanksgiving Day. So I, I DM'd him back after a while and told him I was I was kidding. But it was really a cool surprise to think that it might be a long time before I got it. And then someone had it right here in town in their car and brought it to my shop doorstep. So that was that was cool. Real quick, back in the early days of cell phones, we were leaving a friend's house. Like I was a kid and my parents had a, had a bag phone in the car. And like, I don't know, maybe we were 10 minutes out from leaving their house at night. And uh, he calls them and says, hey, we uh, we broke down. We got a flat tire on the side of the road. And the cell phone dropped the call. (laughs) (laughs) So so apparently, I don't remember everything. I was a kid. I don't care. But uh, apparently they left the house to look for us for an unknown amount of time. Yeah, that's no, this sort, that sort so of thing. You didn't leave them hanging for too long. Can, can definitely, can definitely backfire on you. Yeah, I, I, I kind of had that same thought of, uh, you know, what, what if he is with family and and stuff, and he reads that, and and it really does bug him or something. So I thought, well, I better let him off the hook. You know, uh, I have for for all the the sarcasm I have stored up in my system. I'm not a pranker. I've never pranked anybody. And I've I've never like planned pranks for and like it just has never been a thing for me. Tanda sidebar. Yeah, he's not a pranker. Maybe that's true, but he's doing a long con. Like we've been doing this podcast for a year. You've got a point, and I'm pretty sure this is just one big prank. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure that it, it's actually going out and that anybody's listening. I think that PJ is actually making up all of our listeners. And I've even met some of them, which is which is more impressive. I mean, he's got he's got people he's got people in on this, um, going out to events and and all sorts of stuff. So if we don't if we don't I don't either, but if we don't play along, I think we're gonna get taken. I think we he has to think that we're in. Right. Right. I mean, that's why I show up every week and pretend to not do my research and, you know, all that stuff. 
Right, right. Well, and if you don't, he makes somebody up to fill in for you, or he just pieces together, like that time he just pieced together everything I said from old episodes, and I wasn't even there. Yeah, or when he pretends to be guests and just, like, randomly, you know, like his brother. He doesn't have a brother. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think we've got to keep playing along, because I don't, yeah. I don't mm. want to get caught up in it, and, and if we let on, who knows what could happen. Right, it's dangerous. We've got it. We've got to Very figure dangerous. out a way to double cross him. What? Well, he's coming back, oh, but let's yep. work on that on the <clears throat> side. Right. Yes, yeah, so I saw like a bunch of pranks on Facebook, ironically this week, and I think it was baking soda and ketchup. Like if you put baking soda and ketchup together, it explodes. I think mm, that that was the mm-hmm. combination. And this guy. He, like he soda shows and vinegar works really well. Maybe it, that was it. It was baking soda, vinegar, mm-hmm. and then he put it in a ketchup bottle, mm-hmm. and he shook it up, and then he like this is this is this is a guy like in his house, and he calls his wife over, and he's like, "There's something wrong with this ketchup," and she goes, "What's wrong with it?" He goes, "I don't know. There's something wrong with it," and then she opens it, and of course, it explodes all over her. I mean, like fire extinguisher explodes, and he's laughing his ass off. And I'm just like, why would you do that to your wife? Like that that is that is so not cool. Like now you're inviting the same thing to happen to you when you least expect it. Like you're gonna right. be in bed, ready to fall asleep, and you're gonna get exploding ketchup in your face. That's yeah, I don't that's, I don't wanna be I don't wanna be in the escalation of a prank war. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's there's a guy on Instagram who I cannot remember the account name. But him and his wife are constantly pranking one another, mm. and it escalates like really, really bad. Like to the point where some, he he had pranked so many people. A group of his friends got together and they bought a car that was the same model as his car, and his wife was in on this prank. So they went into like a restaurant or something like that, and they they came with a tow truck grabbed his car, towed it away, and then brought this other car and flipped it upside down. And they'd even made like the fake license plate. So it was like the same license plate as him. And they put it in the parking space where he parked, but it was on the on the roof of the car. And so like they're filming all of this, like they're in the parking lot filming him. And the guy just walks out and he's like, oh, you gotta be, really, really? Some, okay, okay. Well, we're gonna have to call the police. <laughs> and then you know then the cops show up and um and he's like yeah somebody somebody flipped my car as a prank and then his friends get out and they're like nah that's that's not your car that's my car your car is down the block it's fine (laughs) (laughs) but i mean like that's the escalation like you're you you bought a paid a couple thousand dollars for a car to like i don't want to do that you know what i mean like that's pretty bad so I like it. You know, you know what makes a good vinegar and baking soda bomb, and they're less common now, is 35 millimeter uh, film canisters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just uh, mm. you put the vinegar in the bottom, and then you just push a little bit of tissue down in the top, and put a maybe a half a teaspoon of baking soda in, and then snap the lid down over the tissue, so it's just trapped in the top in the little depression in the top, mm-hmm. and then you can just turn it over and walk away and uh, yeah and it, it pops off really good and that's how you make grenades kids that's 
no, that's that's a good craft to share with your kids. You can just you know like put it on a plate and let it let it bounce off the ceiling of the you know put safety glasses on them if you want. We're going to come back next week and Ty's, Tom is going to be missing an eye. I already know what's going to happen here. So just uh, <laughs> just thanks, Tanda. We're going to have, no, I'll know where it is. We're going to have a pirate on the podcast next week. Hey, I see you looking at my stuff. Go get your own shiny. All right, it's time for short and sweet. Tom, do you have anything to wrap up the show? Mm, not really. No, I'll think of something, though. All right, Tom's thinking. Tanda, do you have anything to wrap up the show? Yeah, I'm looking at my YouTube uh, so I get the name right. Everybody's thinking. So I'm going to go. Uh, I would like to thank our top Patreon supporters, of course, our very own Tanda, who's thinking right now, and Creator Nader. And if you want to be a top Patreon supporter, it only takes a little bit to get there. But you got to sign up. That's the first step. Uh, as for me, I don't know why, but the inspiration sprang that today was the day after, I don't know, 15 years of being in storage to put up my fiber optic Christmas tree. And I love this tree. I don't love putting it up, but it's got a little motor in there that spins a wheel and it changes all the colors on the, uh, the little fiber optic, you know, ends all over the tree. And I plugged it in, and it would not spin. I don't know why after 15 years of not being used, it wouldn't spin. That just, to me, it seems kind of ludicrous. But I went and I got some of that croil that I'd gotten from back into service, and I'm, like, squirting it, like, down the little the little shaft for the motor. It's just a little, like, 1.5 RPM motor. You know, it's like one of those little pancake motors. And it's got, like, a bunch of little, uh, you could see like little shafts, little metal shafts coming out the top. So you know that the, like there are a whole bunch of like reduction gears and stuff in there. So I'm just trying to like get this, get the coil down in there. And I got some vice grips and I'm turning the, the, the part that's actually supposed to spin the wheel by hand. And then I plug it in and it's just like, I could feel it shaking, but it just doesn't want to go. So I sat there and I massaged this thing for probably like a good 10 minutes and now my, my light has changing colors. So I'm just saying, if you run into a sticky motor, don't think it's broken. You know, maybe it just needs a little assistance. You know, it's uh, it's not very much used and, you know, it gets a little gunky. A little coil goes a long way and, you know, be uh, be prepared. The holidays take work. Just just saying. So, uh, so Tanda, did you find what you're looking for? Yeah, I did. Uh, it's a It's a YouTube channel. And uh, it kind of goes with the craft crafts thing, but it's the craftsman, and it's uh, oh yeah all run, all run together T H E C R A F S no T M A N and then it's steady crafting that was a part I couldn't remember so it's easy to find if you just type the craftsman but uh, the craftsman I I don't know it's just kind of a fun YouTube channel to put on and. I don't know, it's kind of like ASMR for makers or something. He's just got a, you know, kind of a soothing voice and and he just kind of moves slow, but he does he does really amazing figurines and stuff. And and I got started watching him watching people doing castings of little figurines and stuff. That's a good channel. He he sounds like he's one of those smooth talkers like from a 70s radio show. He's like, "Hey, you tuned into the Craftsman." Craftsman is going to show you. This is the crafts. The the craftsman's going to. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's what he sounds like so. Yeah, good, good yeah. listen. Tom, yeah. did you did you think of anything? 
Yeah, I'm going to recommend a podcast called The Unmade Podcast. It's pretty popular. I think they're pretty huge. But I listen to it every whenever it comes out. Maybe it's every week. <clears throat> I don't stick to a schedule. But The Unmade Podcast, where these two guys basically every episode come up with ideas for a podcast that they'd like to make, which uh, I can see how it was created then. But they uh, they just kind of banter back and forth about different podcasting ideas and things that they can do, and it's hilarious. I was listening today. Oh, okay. I've heard of it. I, too, have heard of it. Uh, I'm pretty sure someone on this podcast has recommended that before. Yeah, I think it was Tom. Pretty sure it was Tom, yeah. Never. So I, I forgot to mention this during the show last week. We did mention it in the secret segments the Patreon members heard. But when I made the announcement for my deluxe custom bandsaw knobs for the Delta 14-inch bandsaw, I forgot to mention to you guys that if you're a Patreon member, you get 20% off on an order. So there's a little little incentive if you've got a Delta bandsaw and you want a set of knobs. All you got to do is become a Patreon member. You get 20% off just like that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram. And you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.